0: Chapter Seven Part Two of Zanzibar Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Candace Stellick, Dallas, Texas. Zanzibar Tales by George W. Bateman. Chapter Seven Part Two. In the meantime, Hamdani was having an exceedingly tough time. Kajipa, having disappeared, he wandered about the town moaning, Oh, my poor gazelle, my poor gazelle, while the neighbors laughed and jeered at him until between them and his loss, he was nearly out of his mind. But one evening, when he had gone to bed, Kajipa walked in. Up he jumped and began to embrace the gazelle and weep over it and carry on at a great rate when he thought there had been about enough of this kind of thing the gazelle said come come keep quiet my master i've brought you good news but the beggar-man continued to cry and fondle and declare that he had thought his gazelle was dead at last Kajipa said oh well master you see i'm all right you must brace up and prepare to hear my news and do as i advise you go on go on replied his master explain what you will i'll do whatever you require me to do if you were to say lie down on your back that i may roll you over the side of the hill i would lie down well said the gazelle "'There is not much to explain just now, but I'll tell you this. "'I've seen many kinds of food, food that is desirable and food that is objectionable, "'but this food I'm about to offer you is very sweet indeed.' "'What?' said Hamdani. "'Is it possible that in this world there is anything that is positively good? "'There must be good and bad in everything.' food that is both sweet and bitter is good food but if food were nothing but sweetness would it not be injurious Hmm, yawned the gazelle i'm too tired to talk philosophy let's go to sleep now and when i call you in the morning all you have to do is get up and follow me so at dawn they set forth the gazelle leading the way and for five days they journeyed through the forest on the fifth day they came to a stream and kajipa said to his master lie down here when he had done so the gazelle set to and beat him so soundly that he cried out oh let up i beg of you now said the gazelle i'm going away and when i return i expect to find you right here so don't you leave the spot on any account then he ran away and about ten o'clock that morning he arrived at the house of the sultan now ever since the day Kajipa left the town soldiers had been placed along the road to watch for and announce the approach of sultan so one of them when he saw the gazelle in the distance rushed up and cried to the sultan sultan Durai is coming i've seen the gazelle running as fast as it can in this direction The sultan and his attendants immediately set out to meet his guests. But when they had gone a little way beyond the town, they met the gazelle coming along alone, who, on reaching the sultan, said, Good day, my master. The sultan replied in kind and asked the news, but Kajipa said, Ah, do not ask me. I can scarcely walk, and my news is bad. Why, how is that? asked the sultan oh dear sighed the gazelle such misfortune and misery you see the sultan darai and i started alone to come here and we got along all right until we came to the thick part of the forest yonder when we were met by robbers who seized my master bound him beat him and took everything he had even stripping off every stitch of his clothing oh dear oh dear dear me said the sultan we must attend to this at once so hurrying back with his attendants to his house he called a groom to whom he said saddle the best horse in my stable and put on him my finest harness Then he directed a woman servant to open the big inlaid chest and bring him a bag of clothes. When she brought it, he picked out a loincloth and a long white robe and a black over jacket and a shawl for the waist and a turban cloth, all of the very finest. Then he sent for a curved sword with a gold hilt and a curved dagger with a gold filigree and a pair of elegant sandals and a fine walking cane then the sultan said to kajipa take some of my soldiers and let them convey those things to sultan da'ari that he may dress himself and come to me but the gazelle answered ah my master can i take these soldiers with me and put sultan da'ari to shame there he lies beaten and robbed and i would not have any one see him i can take everything by myself why exclaimed the sultan here is a horse and there are clothes and arms i don't see how a little gazelle can manage all those things but the gazelle had them fasten everything on the horse's back and tie the end of the bridle around his own neck and then he set off alone amidst the wonder and admiration of the people of that city high and low when he arrived at the place where he had left the beggar man he found him lying waiting for him and overjoyed at his return now said he i have brought you the sweet food i promised come get up and bathe yourself with the hesitation of a person long unaccustomed to such a thing the man stepped into the stream and began to wet himself a little oh said the gazelle impatiently A little water like that won't do you much good. You get out into the deep pool. Dear me, said the man timidly, there is so much water there, and where there is much water there are sure to be horrible animals. Animals? What kind of animals? Well, crocodiles, water lizards, snakes, and at any rate frogs. And they bite people, and I'm terribly afraid of all of them oh well said kajipa do the best you can in the stream but rub yourself well with earth and for goodness sake scrub your teeth well with sand they are awfully dirty so the man obeyed and soon made quite a change in his appearance then the gazelle said here hurry up and put on these things the sun has gone down and we ought to have started before this so the man dressed himself in the fine clothes the sultan had sent and then he mounted the horse and they started the gazelle trotting on ahead when they had gone some distance the gazelle stopped and said see here nobody who sees you now would suspect that you are the man who scratched in the dust-heap yesterday even if we were to go back to our town the neighbors would not recognize you if it were only for the fact that your face is clean and your teeth are white your appearance is all right but i have a caution to give you over there where we are going i have procured for you the sultan's daughter for a wife with all the usual wedding gifts now you must keep quiet say nothing except how do you do and what's the news let me do the talking all right said the man that suits me exactly do you know what your name is of course i do indeed well what is it why my name is Hamdani. not much laughed kajipa your name is sultan darari oh is it said his master that's good so they started forward again and in a little while they saw soldiers running in every direction and fourteen of those joined them to escort them then they saw ahead of them the sultan and the viziers and the emirs and the judges and the great men of the city coming to meet them now then said Kajipa, get off your horse and salute your father-in-law that's him in the middle wearing the sky-blue jacket all right said the man jumping off his horse which was then led by a soldier so the two met and the sultan shook hands and kissed each other and walked up to the palace together then they had a great feast and made merry and talked until night, at which time Sultan Darari and the gazelle were put into an inner room with three soldiers at the door to guard and attend upon them. When the morning came, Kajipa went to the Sultan and said, Master, we wish to attend to the business which brought us here. We want to marry your daughter, and the sooner the ceremony takes place, the better it will please the Sultan Darari. Why, that's all right said the sultan. The bride is ready. Let someone call the teacher Mualemu, and tell him to come at once. When Mualemu arrived, the sultan said, see here, we want you to marry this gentleman to my daughter right away. All right, I'm ready, said the teacher. So they were married. Early the next morning, the gazelle said to his master, now I'm off on a journey. I shall be gone about a week but however long i am gone don't you leave the house till i return Goodbye. then he went to the real sultan and said good master sultan darai has ordered me to return to our town and put his house in order he commands me to be here again in a week if i do not return by that time he will stay here until i come the sultan asked him if he would not like to have some soldiers go with him but the gazelle replied that he was quite competent to take care of himself as his previous journeys had proved and he preferred to go alone. so with mutual good wishes they parted but kajipa did not go in the direction of the old village he struck off by another road through the forest and after a time came to a very fine town of large handsome houses as he went through the principal street right to the far end he was greatly astonished to observe that the town seemed to have no inhabitants for he saw neither man woman nor child in all the place at the end of the main street he came upon the largest and most beautiful house he had ever seen built of sapphire and turquoise and costly marbles oh my said the gazelle. This house would just suit my master. I'll have to pluck up my courage and see whether this is deserted like the other houses in this mysterious town. So Kajiba knocked at the door and called, Hello there, several times, but no one answered. And he said to himself, This is strange. If there were no one inside, the door would be fastened on the outside. Perhaps they are in another part of the house or asleep, i'll call again louder so he called again very loud and long hello there hello and directly an old woman inside answered who is that calling so loudly it is i your grandchild good mistress said kajipa if you are my grandchild replied the old woman go back to your home at once Don't come and die here, and bring me to my death also. Oh, come, said he. Open the door, mistress. I have just a few words I wish to say to you, my dear grandson, she replied. The only reason why I do not open the door is because I fear to endanger both your life and my own. Oh, don't worry about that. I guess your life and mine are safe enough for a while. Open the door, anyhow, and hear the little I have to say so the old woman opened the door. Then they exchanged salutations and compliments, after which she asked the gazelle, "'What's the news from your place, grandson?' "'Oh, everything is going along pretty well,' said he. "'What's the news around here?' "'Ah!' sighed the old creature. "'The news here is very bad. If you're looking for a place to die in, you've struck it here.' i've not the slightest doubt you'll see all you want of death this very day huh replied keejeepa lightly for a fly to die in honey is not bad for the fly and doesn't injure the honey it may be all very well for you to be easy about it persisted the old person but if people with swords and shields did not escape how can a little thing like you avoid danger i must again beg of you to go back to the place you came from your safety seems of more interest to me than it is to you well you see i can't go back just now and besides i want to find out more about this place who owns it oh grandson in this house are enormous wealth numbers of people hundreds of horses and the owner is Neokomaku, the wonderfully big snake he owns this whole town also. Oh, is that so? said Kajipa. Look here, old lady. Can't you put me on to some plan of getting near this big snake that I may kill him? Mercy, cried the old woman in a fright. Don't talk like that. You've put my life in danger already, for I'm sure Neoka Maku can hear what is said in this house wherever he is. You see, I'm a poor old woman, and I have been placed here with those pots and pans to cook for him. Well, when the big snake is coming, the wind begins to blow, and the dust flies as it would do in a great storm. Then, when he arrives in the courtyard, he eats until he is full, and after that, goes inside there to drink water when he is finished he goes away again this occurs every other day just when the sun is overhead i may add that neo has seven heads now then do you think yourself a match for him look here mother said the gazelle don't you worry about me has this big snake a sword he has this is it said she, taking from its peg a very keen and beautiful blade and handing it to him. "'But what's the use of bothering about it? We are dead already.' "'We shall see about that,' said Kajiba. Just at that moment the wind began to blow and the dust to fly, as if a great storm were approaching. "'Do you hear the great one coming?' cried the old woman. "'Sha!' said the gazelle. "'I am a great one also.' and I have the advantage of being on the inside. Two bulls can't live in one cattle pen. Either he will live in the house, or I will. Notwithstanding the terror the old lady was in, she had to smile at the assurance of the little undersized gazelle, and repeated over again her account of the people with swords and shields who had been killed by the big snake. "'Ah, stop your gabbling,' said the gazelle you can't always judge a banana by its color or size. Wait and see, Grandma. In a very little while, the big snake, Neokamaku, came into the courtyard and went around to all the pots and ate their contents. Then he came to the door. Hello, old lady, said he. How is it I smell a new kind of odor inside there? "'Oh, that's nothing, good master,' replied the old woman. "'I've been so busy around here lately, I haven't had time to look after myself. "'But this morning I used some perfume, and that's what you smell.' Now Kajipa had drawn the sword and was standing just inside the doorway. So when the big snake put his head in, it was cut off so quickly that its owner did not know it was gone.' when he put in his second head it was cut off with the same quickness and feeling a little irritation he exclaimed who's inside there scratching me he then thrust in his third head and that was cut off also this continued until six heads had been disposed of when Niokamaku unfolded his rings and lashed around so that the gazelle and the old woman could not see one another through the dust then the snake thrust in his seventh head and the gazelle crying now your time has come you've climbed many trees but this you cannot climb severed it and immediately fell down in a fainting fit well that old woman although she was seventy-five years of age jumped and shouted and laughed like a girl of nine then she ran and got water and sprinkled the gazelle and turned him this way and that way until at last he sneezed which greatly pleased the old person who fanned him and tended him until he was quite recovered oh my said she who would have thought you could be a match for him my grandson well well said kajiba that's all over now show me everything around this place So she showed him everything from top to bottom, storerooms full of goods, chambers full of expensive foods, rooms containing handsome people who had been kept prisoners for a long time, slaves and everything. Next, he asked her if there was any person who was likely to lay claim to the place or make any trouble, and she answered, No one. Everything here belongs to you. Very well, then, said he. You stay here and take care of these things until I bring my master. This place belongs to him now. End of chapter 7, part 2. Recording by Candace Delic, Dallas, Texas.